And I am Sada. And this is No Say No Ma'am, a weekly podcast where we drag our timelines for being trash. We don't drag each other for being trash, we drag our timelines for being trash. (laughs) If we should. Oh, yeah. I mean, sometimes we do. Anyway, if you want to hit us up, you can let us know how to hit. What? If you want to hit us up, you can let us know. If you want to (laughs) tell us something. Do it. <laughs> well, like, we've been doing this so sporadically that every single time you forget the every intro. Week, every I want to say every week, but it's not even every week. Every month. Every month I forget the intro. At NSNM Podcast or with the hashtag NSNM. <coughs> or you can email us at nosernomam.com. <laughs> we did get an email this month. So thank you. Shout out to you. Uh, anonymous for sending yes. us that email, uh, which, we will discuss, which we will discuss later. Disclaimers: I am in a closet. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I'm in a closed, tiny kitchen, and it is about 35 degrees. Jesus. Um, in London, which not like which is a what is, is what is happening, London? Please explain. First I'm not complaining, all, but like fish no. Yeah, that's. That's real. That's a real question. Also, want to tell you that it is 46 degrees today here. <gasps> yes, ma'am. Okay, I take it back. It Never was mind. 43 degrees last night. Never mind. Listen, why did you move from Sudan? What is this life I you've chosen for yourself? Know. What? Here's the thing. No. In my defense, I have not chosen this for myself. I hate Arizona. The moment I graduated well, from Arizona State University, I said, I'm never coming back here. And then God was like, ha! And, and life came in too fast. Fa- real fast. Real fast. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know. I just, I don't know why. I don't know okay. how. I don't want to. Either way, I take it back. I am not complaining about this lovely London weather. (laughs) This lovely Um, 35. I have no disclaimers or complaints. So that's that. Alhamdulillah. All right. Okay. What do we want to start with? I'm completely unprepared. So you're leading. I mean, in true fashion, we might as well start with France. (laughs) Okay. Somebody asked, somebody on Twitter asked us, they were like, why do you guys always drag? Uh, French trash because it's so easy and it's always available. They have available. so much to be dragged for. It's literally, never unavailable. <sighs> like everywhere, French trash here and there. So, like, I feel Listen, obliged. Speaking of which, so last night I watched this. Um, I watched the last ten minutes, twenty mm-hmm. maybe, of this documentary on PBS about um, like the sex abuse ca- scandal with the, the UN. Okay. And let me tell you, France is garbage. Okay. So there's this guy in 2012, I think, Mm -hmm. who was basically running around DRC, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like just raping everybody. All the children. What? Yes. And. Wait, what? A French person? Yes. Like a French UN worker. Oh. Oh. was just running around oh. the DRC getting people to get him little girls that he could have sex with. 
Okay. And it took a good, I don't remember how long, I think six years for him to be tried because <gasps> according to the UN, right, they can't do anything. So the governments of the, of the people, like the whoever, whoever, yeah, and your national government has mm-hmm. to try you, take you to court and try you for whatever you did. While Even though it wherever. wasn't in your country. Wait, how does that? I don't know. That is so confusing. Here's the thing. It took him, okay. I think, six years or something to be tried. Mm-hmm. And then he went to prison for I don't know how long. And him, they tracked Probably him down. Probably not long and, enough. Not long enough. And they interviewed him. And the lady was like, the interviewer was like, how many girls do you think you've had sex with? How many children do you think you've had sex with? Mm-hmm. While, whatever, you were in the, in the Congo. And he said, 20. What was the youngest child that you've had sex with? Okay. Thirteen, and the woman was like, "Wrong, twelve." And then she says, "Did you feel bad about what you did? Did you feel guilty about what you did?" And he says, "Not at the time, no." I'm sorry. What? So when did exactly did you did the guilt kick in? Was it after you went to jail? Was it because just because you went to jail and you were caught that you felt guilty? Like you didn't care that you were ruining these kids' lives? Not only that, so the UN was supposed to deal with this situation, including like getting. I mean, some of these kids were pregnant by him, whatever, and and other and God other damn. UN workers and UN peace peacekeeping forces that just went around willy nilly, just violating folks that they were supposed to protect, but whatever. So anyway, so there, there's, uh, the UN did nothing. And they were mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, we couldn't, it was, we were finding it, it was so hard to find all of his victims so that we would like mm-hmm. get like a tally of how many girls that he violated and whatever, right. and blah, blah, blah. The woman, the interviewer, the journalist and mm-hmm. her Congolese producer found mm-hmm. 10 of them mm-hmm. in one week. No, sorry, two days. Two days, sis. Oh. Two days it took them to find 10 women who were violated by this man that the UN couldn't find in six years. You want to tell me? Oh, wow. my God. So anyway, so then she says, she's like, she's like, uh, you know, so did you, do you feel bad about it? And he's like, no. I mean, at the time, I, I didn't. I didn't really, um, you know. And then okay. when she when she asked him about the thirteen year old, and he was, and she was like, actually, she was twelve. He was like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess she was twelve. My bad. Oh, you guess she was twelve. Cause you couldn't oh. tell by looking at her that she's a child. I just I can't. I'm like I'm. I mean, honestly, we could have like a a whole episode just talking about <sighs> like the the. Just the the chemia of like sexual violence that has been caused in multiple African countries um, by by you and workers specifically the same and like people. Um, well, what are they called? Qu'est-ce que bleu? The 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 peacekeeping forces. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like <coughs> their their national militaries are the ones to try them. They're not mm-hmm. tried by the UN because the UN is not a whatever sovereign 
right but it's like you can't fire them i it's just uh, anyway long story short francis garbage um the journalist was like do you know that there are like three or four other young, young women at the time children who came forward saying that you uh violated them mm-hmm. and he was like oh word <laughs> and then she like told the 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 french authorities and they were like yeah well we'll let the police know we'll let the police know oh i'm just like you're listen anyway bottom line francis garbage (coughs) there's a plethora of french trash that is always readily available for us to drag and we will forever do that until they get the hands I'm not even getting into like the uh, the trending French trash because I don't, you know, I I don't even want to practice self care. Because did you hear about that whole story (sighs) with the guy who works for the president's like security? Hinai, and he was caught on video beating. No, no. Okay, let's not get into that. Okay, fair. Count your blessings, girl. Um, What I did want to talk about, uh, France-wise, was the fact that they won the World Cup. Um, (laughs) And every... (laughs) Yeah, I have thoughts. I have many a thought. And... um, no, I was actually, like, really happy that they won the World Cup because if they had lost, that would have been, like, because you bit then. I can't deal with that. <laughs> I, can't de- um, I can't deal with the emotional fallout. No, no. I can home. barely deal with, like, the, the, the obsession and the overjoy that's <laughs> happening. Right, Like, it's too much for me. Um, however, everyone had an opinion, and I just want to fight everyone. Just everyone on all fronts, uh, and um, I don't know why. Like I can't <laughs> explain it. So, yes, take a breath, <laughs> take a deep breath before you begin. From Uslan, mm-hmm. from like way before the World Cup started, when the French coach announced his like selection for the team. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people had problems with it because they felt that the team being a good 80% black and the rest are like either Arab or and him. Right. Um, people had a problem with that and they thought that it was not a team that could represent France in like such a big international competition. Surprise, um, surprise. The French are racist. Oh my God, I'm right. shocked. <clears throat> and I feel like it, it wasn't as intense as when they won in 98 and there was that yeah. whole debate before the Hnai and Marine, uh, Mouche Marine, Abouha, Jean-Marie Le Pen yeah. was telling everyone, like, we can't just be bringing these Negroes and, like, calling this a national team. Like, he actually sa- he said, you can't be bringing all these foreigners and call this a national team. Like, what is this? Um, God, he is such a... Completely, is he still like, alive? yes oh my god evil never dies he is such a vile man evil people just don't they don't die they live forever and with him 
So I feel like it wasn't like as extreme as that, but still some people were like, oh, hmm, right. we don't know about all these blackies in the team. And Where whatever. are the whites? Yeah. <clears throat> Um, and now that they won, everyone in France is like, what? Africans, you? Yeah. Negroes, what? They're French, French. born and, through and, and through. raised. And like, their families are French and they're second and third generation. Oh. And like, they're... Pe- okay. Oh my God. So I have a problem with that, first of all. Because, Big problem. Um, as some football players have been saying themselves, it's always like if they lose, they're immigrants. But once yes. they win, it's like, oh my god, like la France unie, like everyone. I saw that. I can't. I can't. Okay. Yeah. First of all, let's. let's um, yeah. The hypocrisy is right. Real. However, I also have a problem with. Um, did you see that joke that Trevor Noah did where he was like, congrats to Africa, my bad if you know, on winning Let's the World Cup? Let's talk about that, because that's where my real problem lies. And then the French ambassador to the U.S. came at him sideways and wrote him a full-ass letter. Oh, uh, I, an saw iOS I saw that, but I don't know what was, what was in the letter. I just saw that, like, there was... I'll let you know. I will gladly let you know what was in the letter. Um, But do you want to, like, discuss what Hinaida and Trevor Noah said? Yeah, I mean, the joke has been going around, Mm -hmm. like, for a while. Mm -hmm. All the African teams, then people were like, well, the only African team left is France. Hardy, hardy, hard. Mm-hmm. And it's just like it's really annoying to me mm-hmm. because first of all, it's how do I put this? It's a slap in the face mm-hmm. to the players of the French team, right? For being stripped of their nationality, even right. for jokes, is annoying. Mm-hmm. N- yes, and yes. it's a slap in the face <laughs> I see you to France and all of its ex-colonies. Mm-hmm. That Fra- like, like putting France and Africa in the same sentence and equating them is mm-hmm. just, it's vile. It's vile knowing French history, knowing the history of colonialism, knowing right. that France still has a colonial tax. Like, it's right. not funny. I just did not find it funny at all. It wasn't cute. It wasn't anything. It was just wrong on all levels. I completely agree. Like, I understand that as a black person, even like as an African person, um, because you kind of like the fact that the team that won the World Cup was made of people who look like you. I understand that you were like rooting for them because you're like, oh my God, it's my African. Like, I get it. And also like when you see the team, like there's no way you don't think of their African heritage. Right. Because they're very loud about it. Like they're super lit. Sure. All they listen to is African music. All they do on the bus is like dance. (laughs) I get it. Right. Um, But also... Um, that doesn't matter. Just as someone not- who lived in France as a black person, Listen. I understand that a huge 
problem for second and third generation immigrants, you know, who were like born and raised in France and stuff, right. is that they don't feel like they're ever validated as actual French citizens, right? Right. Um, and like your first reaction is to just call them Africans, you're kind of reinforcing the problem they already have in France from white Thank people. You. you know what I mean? Exactly. Like, can we not? Can, can, can we, just we not? Also, the fact that, like, I'm sure that none of the, these players of mm -hmm. African descent or of African heritage have any doubts about their African descent or African right. heritage. Like, they it's not like we're saying they that they should be labeled as French because, you know, they're... It's not a it's not a statement about them as much as, as it is a political statement. Like it's not about them, like shunning their African uh, identity or whatever. It's not about that. It's about the fact that France refuses to see these people as part and parcel of its nation, as actual citizens that are full full on citizens. Like bidoun right. asterisk bidoun some kind of disclaimer be doing right. some kind of qualifier just french and so right. when we make that joke like you said we're just encouraging that mm -hmm. and it's annoying like it's annoying as a person who has lived in france as a black person i'm that Word. person ever ever <laughs> identified as french right not mm -hmm. in a million years never even wanted me to. neither like, like wasn't, not, but like yeah. I, I know people who are but I've like experienced French and just black. the dehumanization of being black in France. So I'm like, I've experienced people looking at you sideways just because you're black. Like people not taking you seriously just because you're black. People underestimating you just because you're mm -hmm. black. I can't even imagine you being French and black and having to deal with that. Like me as a foreigner mm -hmm. in France and dealing with that as a black person was like destructive enough as it is i can't even imagine <clears throat> feeling like this is my identity i grew up here right. this is all i know and yet i'm still being treated this way so i just right. never found that joke funny at all during the world cup i thought it was offensive like i thought maybe i'm being overly sensitive but i thought it was offensive i did right well um i just found it like really annoying and not funny at all and like at it all. made me kind of sad for yeah um, and the other thing is, like, these these players, you know, touting their African Africanness mm -hmm. while being on the French team mm -hmm. is, a like, to me, was a direct statement of, like, we're here and there's nothing you can do about it. Yes, mm -hmm. we're going to be super black, we're going to be super African, and we're still French, and we're still going to get you this cup, and you're not, and you're going to like it. Like, that's, to me, that's what that said, not... Well, actually, we're just real, Af like, or we're really African or like, right. We, you know I what agree. I mean? It was like, yeah. we are both and you're going to accept it. Right. And you have no choice because we just won you the goddamn World Cup. Mm hmm. So in response to that, uh, the French ambassador posted a long signed letter. Galeho uh, I can't remember the like I don't know. He said so much. Egalité, fraternité. <laughs> no, no, no. He he said oh, wait, hold on. I am gonna find this. Here it is. No. Did letter. you find it? Yes. Okay. All right. Do you wanna Here we go. It? 
Or like skim through it. Woof, girl. Gutteleke, like Olympic. Sir, it's a lot. I watched with great attention your July seventeenth show, when you spoke of your of the victory of the French team at the twenty eighteen FIFA World Cup Russia final, which took place last Sunday. I heard your words about quote an African victory. Nothing could be less true. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Who I was already. <laughs> As many players have already stated themselves, their parents may have come from another country, but a great majority of them, all but two out of 23, were born in France. They were educated in France. They learned to play soccer in France. They are French citizens. They are proud of their country, France. <laughs> They're rich and various backgrounds of these like, players. It sounds so French, this letter. Like, he wrote Girl. it in English, but Yannis Balam, I could tell you that the French person <laughs> the wrote it. Like, this is not... I can't, I can't deal with how French this is, but okay. This is my favorite line. The mm -hmm. rich and various backgrounds of these players is a reflection... <laughs> is a reflection of France's diversity. Lies! Wow! <laughs> This uh, diversity uh, is a reflection of France's colonial history, but let's not go there. France is indeed, France is indeed a cosmopolitan country, but every French, but every citizen is part of the French identity, and together they belong to the nation of France. Unlike in, oh, 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 sis, he's about to say big, he's about to make big statements with his entire mm -hmm. chest. Unlike in the United States of America. There it goes. France does not refer to its <laughs> citizens based on their race, religion, or origin. Oh, okay. So I guess we're just doing it. We're mm -hmm. going all the way mm -hmm. with the lies. Mm -hmm. We're just. Yes. Yes, we are. Okay, all right. This is happening. Mm -hmm. To us, please go on. There's more. To us, there is no hyphenated identity. You know what's ironic about this letter mm -hmm. is that I just got done talking about this exact hyphenated identity. Aha, uh -huh, and a hyphenated and identity. D. This is the the core of my problem. I I but go on. We'll get to that. To us, there is no hyphenated identity. Roots mm -hmm. are an individual reality. Mm -hmm. By calling them an African team, it seems you are denying their Frenchness. No, sis, you you already did that. You you guys were really good at that already. <laughs> I mean, this uh, is basically on. what we said. But I want you to keep in mind that, like, this letter would have never seen the light of day had they not won the actual World Cup. Like, nobody would give okay. a fuck about these people. Okay. But please carry on. This, even in jest, legitimizes the ideology which claims whiteness as the only definition of being French. Okay, I am... Oh, I, I wonder I'm, who invented that. Wait, <laughs> I, I need a moment because mm -hmm. that was a lot. First of all, that time. was a lot. Secondly, we have been on this podcast for over a year mm -hmm. talking about this exact thing. The fact that whiteness and nothing else is synonymous with being French. Mm -hmm. We have, have we not? 
I just want I'm yes, now I'm wondering have... like أنا هزي بديت أشك في نفسي إحنا جبنا الكلام ده من وين إذا هو أصلا ما مشكلة وتريفر نوا هو المشكلة إحنا جايبين الكلام ده من وين الناس اللي بتتكلم عن الموضوع ده لها decades جابت الموضوع ده من وين listen <laughs> finally the identity okay, of French of French national team Okay, mm-hmm. somebody needed to edit this letter. The identity of French national team should not be defined by people that are not part of it. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like this. I like mm-hmm. this. This is these are some real bold words. He he came with the the quick read. Yeah, the quick read. The French national soccer team's identity should and has as a matter of fact been defined as a group of people living together, fighting together, losing or winning together, illustrating in a perfect and beautiful way a part of our Ooh. national motto, equality and fraternity. Ma gutelik, ma lazim yibwa. Lazim yidakhiloa. Lazim yishirwa bwa hala. Lazim ma mumkin. Yours sincerely somebody a bald faced liar. Ambassador mm-hmm. of France to the United States. Mm-hmm. Listen. So, this is first of all, mega ironic. I want, I want to really talk about how all these um, Caucasian French people all of a sudden came out of the woodworks to defend the Frenchness of this team. Um, where, where were you? Where were you? Do you? Will you keep the where same energy you? when they lose? Do you keep the same energy... Um, to you know, fight for equality of the same people in who your you country know, in your country, but who don't have the privilege of playing for what? Where? No, forget that. Sir? Where were you? And where was all this big talk and this equality and fraternity when your own black players all across Europe were having banana peels thrown at them uh, and being mm-hmm. called monkeys Always. and whatever? And okay. in your country as well. Where were you? In Where your was this? own country. When, what's his name? Um, was it Patrice Evra or someone who got into a fight yes. with... Uh, yes. Right? He Remember talk- that whole thing? We talked about this, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, we did. He yes, was talking did. about about basically like the racism that French players, right. or, uh, right. yeah, black right. French players right. deal right. with. Right. And right. everybody was telling he him he was overly sensitive and everybody was telling him to and they will t- up because they were telling cares. him that he was racist for bringing up race racism. because it didn't have anything to do with the color of your skin. Like how, where was Listen. this? Where was this? Where, where was all this energy? Also, I feel like because so many um uh like european countries mostly like eastern european countries um had a lot to say about this victory and about this team and how the team is quote unquote unpure which was like a headline from when you know, you know and all of that they're like no they're french what do you even mean they were born and raised here they are nothing but french like you know vigorously defending the team i just want you to keep that same energy when well it's too late for that now but do you know that in france they passed this law that um individuals who are convicted of terrorist crimes can be stripped of their french nationality 
Wow. Okay. Um, what do we co- what do we constitute as a, a terrorist act? But I don't. Who the fuck knows? I don't know. But al muhim yani. So my point is, um, when are these people really French? And when are they only like ah mm, so so like they don't you we can take to, yeah, away their nationality like either French, right? all these immigrants are French and you have to deal with them whether <laughs> they make millions playing football and like winning a fucking World Cup for your crusty ass country or whether they go to the dark like on the dark side you have to deal with them as your own citizens as, I right. don't understand this fucking double standard all of a sudden فجأة I'm tired. This is kind of like an extension of the discussion people have been having for a while about like the worthy immigrant or like the valuable immigrant right. or whatever. And, you know, um, that an immigrant has to be like uh, fucking Superman climbing mm-hmm. up walls and saving babies to to be seen as like worthy of your identity or worthy mm-hmm. of your respect or whatever mm-hmm. and the same mm-hmm. unfortunately mm-hmm. the same thing goes for this team like they're only worthy of your respect and your mm-hmm. acknowledgement as french citizens mm-hmm. when they're doing the most and like right. going in this like grueling and experience I, and winning like yeah like you said and if I they had... lost nobody would have given a shit nobody would have talked Girl. about them this way nobody would have defended them Like, I have this conversation with actual French people and they're like, oh, what do you mean? Like, when have they ever been criticized when they lose? Or oh like, my God. When people said they're immigrant? Listen, either you're like in denial or we haven't watched the same news. Because I remember back in 2010 when the World Cup was in South Africa and the mm-hmm. French team did horrible didn't even right. leave their groups and like they had an attitude and nobody got along and all of that it was a collective responsibility but for somehow in the french media all you heard about were the black players Boop. because that like you know and at the time it was maybe like five or six of them like they weren't even as many as today And that's all anyone talked about. And they, like, um, lynched um, Evra for, like, spearheading that whole thing. It was, like, a design. I can't believe. How is your memory so selective? Yeah. The goldfish memory, the selective memory. I'm going to need all that to just go away. I'm going to need the hypocrisy <sighs> to stop. I'm going to need French people to really, like, take it. Like, self-reflect. Just take an inner look at yourselves. And, and figure out, like, I just, I really think that people, and I don't want to say it this way because I also don't want to give them an excuse, mm-hmm. but I feel like they're literally blind to their mm-hmm. own hypocrisy. Oh, like, yeah, they just for sure. don't see it. But it's actually in actuality because they don't, if they don't to. want to see it because they mm-hmm. don't have to see it. Right. You're absolutely right. Right. And about that whole hyphenated um, identity thing oh, that the ambassador God. was talking about. Yes, um, so he said it. Um, I feel like in pride. Um, yeah. Oh, no, he know? was definitely he was throwing. He was. He was uh, he, yeah. He was right. shading America and throwing shots and he, like. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, America because that's a whole other bag of words. I don't know why he attacked America. When Trevor Noah is South African. So, I don't even understand how Amrika comes into this. Like, that's so dumb. Yeah, I think, personally, the fact that um, as this person told us, 
Um, the fact that France does not have or accept or whatever hyphenated identities right. is actually a huge Talk part of their immigration it. problem because they they've been practicing such like aggressive assimilationism that yes. you're either French or you're a foreigner. So when you come into France as an immigrant, you're expected to just shed all of like your history and culture and whatever and completely assimilate in order to be accepted as French. And that is so dumb to me. Like, why can't you Which be French, like an actual French citizen with full rights? That would be ideal. But also be, you know, whatever else. Yeah, yeah, like Afro, which is whatever, why, French yeah. Congolese, French Nigerian, Fr like what is, Anything. What is wrong which with is, that? I don't which understand. Is why I found it really like ironic and funny that in the, in the letter, two things in the letter stood out to me besides that hyphenated identity comment. Mm -hmm. One was the diversity comment because you guys don't believe in diversity. Your mm -hmm. literal criteria for being for becoming French is assimilating. Mm -hmm. I was in high school. I wasn't trying to be French. I was, I was just there. And mm -hmm. my teacher's idea of me uh, uh, adjusting to my new environment was to assimilate. Mm -hmm. Not for people to understand well, me, not to find common that. ground, to literally assimilate. And mm -hmm. when I did not assimilate, my teacher called me crazy and had mm -hmm. me recommended to go see a therapist because I would not wow. assimilate into French culture. That's a real thing that happened. So wow. for, for, for the ambassador to come and tout this idea of diversity is bullshit to me. That's number one. Number mm -hmm. two is the, the comment about, um, about your the ancestry or whatever, their mm -hmm. background the cultural background being an individual reality. And here the ambassador told on himself and told on his country and their policies. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what, fr what France believes. Right. Your uh, heritage, you keep that at home, inside your home. Right. Don't mm -hmm. bring it out in the street. Nope. And for you to say diversity and in the same breath, say in her heritage is an individual reality, Mm -hmm. is Hayyam They're two opposite things. You are I giving think he, conflicting he messages. Means, I think he means an individual reality as in an individual as opposed to a community. Because in France, you're not supposed to have a community of whatever Moroccans are. But that's a what I'm saying. community of Hinai. That's why and you can't claim for it to be like diversity. If you just want it at home, and you can't claim that, oh, uh, you know, we're accepting of whoever and whatever and all these people with all their different heritages. Oh, and no, that's what makes like, up France. You can't no. say that and then be like, it's an individual reality. That means mm -hmm. keep that shit at home. Don't bring right. it out on the street. In the street, right. you're French. Mm -hmm. which, which is what? Which is what? That is it's not exactly French Moroccan. It it's not Moroccan and Algerian and all the African uh, cultures mixed together mm -hmm. with whatever European stuff. Mm -hmm. No, it's your white French in the street mm -hmm. at home but right. whatever you want to do <laughs> but that shit don't belong in the street where we can see it mm -hmm. so 
again, I'm just gonna need Francis like uh, just just say it with your chest. If if you really believe in one unified French identity that does not deviate from whatever it is that's in your mind, say that with your chest. But don't come right. and claim Ayahayatani because people are calling you out on your bullshit. Just don't. Listen, I'm tired. And this and the sad part is I agree with him. On a with the ambassador. Level, yeah, I agree with him. I agree with like you should not like he he made some good points about the fact that um just because they're black doesn't mean they can't be French and like right. you're but that's not you know, the reality in their country. Nine. That's not the reality in France. So maybe talk to your people first before you attack other people for for throwing some shade at you or for making a joke. Like that's the thing. Like you you can't come out as a as a as an official with an official statement when this when this problem is rampant in your country and goes unchecked. You just can't. Like I said, I'm just mad at everyone. Um, I'm over this whole thing. I'm mad at Trevor. I'm mad at the ambassador. I'm mad yes, like at yes. just everyone who has an opinion. I don't. I don't care for it. So that's that. Okay. Uh, moving on. All right. Um, before we dig into all of the Sudani trash that we have, God. do you want to talk about that? <laughs> Kuwaiti, some lady. Yes. The Listen. blogger. Yeah. Instagrammer. I don't know what she does. Oh, dear. I, I actually have never heard of her before this. So Me neither. I didn't realize that she was. I don't think we're her demographic, yes, that is. Oh, 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 <laughs> of course not. I mean. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. So, Do what is this? more? Um, I refuse to watch the video because I don't want to be triggered. But okay. uh, according to to herself and sources, mm-hmm. um, this Kuwaiti, which one of the videos though? Because at this point, there's like three of them, a, mi- a million of them. She came out with a Instagram video or something. I don't know Snapchat. Who who knows? Okay. Um, she's like a her name is Sundus Al Qattan, I think, mm-hmm. and she's a Kuwaiti fashion blogger, makeup person. Uh, girl, I don't know influencer. Influencer. Instagram influencer, and she has a whole bunch of uh, uh, sponsorships with different uh, brands. Makeup brands, and yeah, stuff, Mac, yeah. Uh, Max Factor, My Body Minu, and mm-hmm. a bunch of people. She's getting that coin. She is getting that coin, and she. I mean, on- she was. Well, <laughs> and she went on her phone and decided to talk about the law that was just passed in Kuwait. That she fixed her whole entire face to go make yeah. a video about Listen. this law that was literally overdue, like way late in the game no. to be even mm-hmm. in the Kuwaiti legal uh, books, but whatever. So Kuwait recently passed a law that said that uh, that gave domestic workers um, one day off a week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> one day off a week, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. did not give no longer gives the right to employers to take the domestic workers' um, passports. 
mm-hmm. because that was also a reality and it's still a reality for still many is. across the Gulf. Uh, right. They come in and their immediately passports are immediately confiscated by their employers mm-hmm. and not given back to them. So you mm-hmm. know, anyway. So Kuwait uh, and Kuwait did this because they basically made a deal with the Philippines. So right. yeah, that's that's the reason why that happened. It wasn't even just like out of the kindness of their hearts or like a change right. of mind or something. It was just political sure pressure. So anyway, Sundus al Goton goes up there on her phone and starts talking about how outrageous this law is. Outrageous. Scandalous. What do you mean I can't hold their passports? What do you mean they get a day off a week? Every week? One day off? Every single single week? week? What are we supposed to do for that day off? (laughs) Like, what type of ridiculousness is this? Um understandably you know i didn't really want to talk about this i just found it really funny that she made that video and then people came at her and then she Wait, started losing money yeah, and then she made the another part. video understandably people uh crucified her for it like what is mm-hmm. your problem so she decided you're dumb to, to you're make dumb another video and entitled and i hope you choke on a peanut today she like that made is another so video clarifying mm-hmm. her statement and by clarifying her statement, I mean reiterating her statement. Mm-hmm. Just Pretty saying much. the same thing over again. Like, no, but I like really did mean dumber. that. Yeah, I really did mean, like, they don't deserve to have a day off a week. And that's not what I'm paying them for. And right. also, what she do you was mean like, I can't keep their passport? Right. How am she I supposed like, to make um, sure they never leave my home if I don't keep their passport? Right, right. She's like, like, you keep their passports. And when I was younger, my parents had my passport. This is a full-grown person who is paid, employed by you to do a job. Uh, they're not part of your family. Argument. They're not your... Mis- like, you that know, was part of her you, argument. You're not their that, guardian. Like, that I pay them, so... It's not like they're slaves. You pay, I pay them, them for So why do they a need job a day off? And why shouldn't I get do. their passport? Because I pay them. Ma'am? She was Does also Matt like, why, why have you... your passports, sis? The, Does Matt Cosmetics really have your passports, sis? Like, are you listen, dumb? Listen. <laughs> I just okay. don't understand. The, the thing that, like, really, really irked me was when she was like, Aslan, why would they have a day off every single week? when they go out with me like you know shopping and <laughs> whatever like they leave the house Yo. obviously so like why would they need an extra day off to um to themselves um, isn't carrying my bags a day off in itself isn't it isn't watching isn't doing me whatever shop i want to do a joy enough like, to just erase all of the tab and all I am, of the like, hardship I that they go through during the week. The the level of entitlement is in the little it's Loki must be nice. It's dissociation. It I don't it's, know. You're so it dissociated nice to be like you that don't just, even see this person as a yeah, just a person. Yeah. A person, any so person. Then, 
if you bring a, a family member to take care of your nasty ass kids and cook you food and go shopping with you and carry your bags and like even your own family members would like just up and go they they would leave because what what is this I'm so confused. A family, a family member that you are paying, by the way. <laughs> I'm not even talking about people doing that for free. Like, how is this? What is what so is your world? Then, what is your universe? She lost more money. I'm glad she and did. And more brands dropped her. I am so happy. And she decided that the right thing to do was to come out with Word to Kid Fury once again, uh-huh. an iOS press release on Instagram uh-huh. with the following. <laughs> oh, sorry, hold on. Before I get to that, I'm sorry. My bad. There was another video. There was another video where she mm-hmm. decided that people attacking her for her heinous comments mm-hmm. about the rights or lack thereof of domestic mm-hmm. workers was to say that this was Mu'amara Sahyuni. Right. Basically, that this was a Western Islam, And she's like, why, why are you even bothered about me? There's people dying in Syria, Palestine. Oh. And that's just, like, I find that really funny. Because it's such, like, um, it's, a common journey yeah. like through being dragged. Said, right. To deflect... Mm-hmm. With uh, dying people in war-torn nations. Here's a thing that I, uh, a lot of people were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like, she's smart because she picked up on the politics of the region. She picked up on social media practices of the region. Whenever you're backed into a corner, talk mm-hmm. about it being an attack on Islam and right. whatever. Because you know people are dumb and they're going to listen to that and be like, oh, she is Madam Hakiba and yes, she's talking about this. It must be true. Girl, bye. Logina al Islam, where did Islam to keep somebody a prisoner in your home and deny them basic human decency, basic, basic rest? What, where, what Islam is that? I'm Hello? so Bitch, Thank bye. You. So then she came out with the iOS press release that says, Due to the spreading rumors, it was only necessary to make a responsive clarification. No, Whatever thank you. You can means. keep it. The passport of any expat employee should be in the possession of the employer to protect the employer's interests. Irrelevant of the employee slash employer nationality. I'm bored. We, this is my favorite part. Employee slash employer reside in the same house and consume slash share the same food and work is shared around the premise. And I don't impose long working hours. On the contrary, the working hours are flexible. In addition, resting hours are also never long and flexible. Huh? Are you telling on yourself right now? Because that's what this sounds like. Maybe English. uh, Let me look at the Arabic because I'm confused. How is this your defense? I want to look at the Arabic version. 
نسكن في بيت واحد وناكل من نفس الأكل ونعمل سويا ولم أعامل أي عاملة عندي بغير ذلك كما إني لا أشترط ساعات عمل ولا أفرض وقت محدد للراحة أوكي As for the four day a month off days, four days a month, four. Azola di zalana over four days a month. Not even four consecutive days, four days spread out over the month. I just the condition differs from a household worker compared to a business worker. Of how pray tell. In comparison, many household employers don't allow the worker any off days, even if the contract specifies a certain number of off days. So then they're even more trash than you are. What's, I have what's not, your point? On any circumstances in the present or past, have mistreated, degraded, or in any way mistreated an employee of mine. That was not the point at all. And for that, I consider all employees as equal human being with equal <coughs> rights to that Do you though? is of mine. However, Jesus. only a worker with this kind of experience can express their satisfaction or dissatisfaction. Oh, she's using the same that the French ambassador of, mm -hmm. if, this, if this ain't about you, don't talk about it. Right. That said, it is also important to note that we are all people. And are people we? occasionally make mistakes. Oh, do they? <laughs> Speaking of this reality can unrest some people who did not go the same experience. Can But I feel that we are all equal humans with equal right and we should attend to our duties and obligations. My ethical values will only be visible to those who have a direct experience with me. And I always make sure that every employee receives their full rights whether they feel fulfill their duties or not. Although this inhuman reality occurs in many households, Yet many would want to opportunity to express that not all which appears to look as good working condition is in fact true. Let me read there because I don't understand what this bitch is saying. Lam I don't care. Do you care? I don't oh. care. Hold on. I really actually just want to understand which. الحديث عن الواقع يغضب البعض لأنه لم يعيشه. What? الحديث عن الواقع يغضب البعض لأنه لم يعيشه. So you mean to tell me that an entire government worked with an entire other government to stop this because they don't know that experience? Because it's not in, يعني, basically what she's saying is they don't know what they're talking about. So you know what they're talking about? You know what you're talking about? You know what it's like to be a domestic worker? So you're the one qualified to talk about this? I just don't even understand. Like... لست عنصرية ومؤمنة بأننا كلنا بشر ولدينا حقوق وعلينا واجبات وإنسانيتي في التعامل يعرفها أصحاب الشان فقط مع الحرص شنو كل الحرص على أن يحصلوا على كامل حقوقهم ولو نقصت واجباتهم. Bitch. Bye. I'm done. I'm done. She's trash and she continues to like prove that she's trash. And she won't stop talking. This is what I don't I've, understand. I've been done. She could have apologized after that very first She could video. have not apologized. She could have just stopped talking. And people would have forgotten <laughs> about it. And her brands wouldn't have dropped her. And she would have been fine. Because guess what? A lot of people agree with her. This post has 41,654 likes on Instagram. I hope a they lot all of get people a, a like her. A lot of people them. agree with her. A lot of people in Kuwait and across the Gulf agree with her outrage. That's not the thing. The thing is, Askuti, 
If you're not going to change your mind, if you're not going to sit down and think about what you're saying and actually try to understand what people are telling you and where people are but coming she doesn't from care. with this outrage. Exactly. Understand if you don't care, she has then just zero fucks to give. The only mouth. reason she put out that whole uh, iOS press release was because she's starting to lose money and she feels like she needs to, whatever, justify her behavior. I don't think she believes a single word she said. I think she really thinks that she's a very good person who treats her employees well. Um, and I think that's bullshit because if you were, you would not have taken time out of your very busy influencer day to go post a video talking about, I don't want these people to have one day off per week and right. keep their passports. Like that is if not you something had... you do. If you consider th the people who serve you as actual human beings and normal employees, that is not the, a thought that would come to your mind. So you can miss me with all of that. If you had any insania like you claim you do, you would understand that one day off a week is nothing. And is nothing in the grand scheme of taking care of your home and making your food and watching you shop and carrying your bags and washing your clothes. But she thinks that the, the merga, like, like you if know. Yeah, it's a little bit of a to spend the money and buy the stuff and whatever. It's a little bit of a problem. 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 From all the perusing that I've been doing and all the shopping that I've been doing. Please, you mean to tell me that you don't understand that a person can be tired? Like, girl, bye. And not just tired. Maybe this person just wants a day for themselves. To themselves. They don't they have, have to, to look at your ugly ass your face. Life. Like, they don't have to hear your voice you telling mean? them to do something. They anyway. don't have to like be in your presence. I just, I don't understand. Uh, I'm I, I, I just like, and to all the people who, um, you know, came and dragged her, like all the Khadijis who came and mm -hmm. dragged her for this, please also have that same energy with your countries and mm -hmm. drag and your, your families and your families right. for engaging in the same, if not worse, behavior. Right. So, you know. And not just Khadiji countries, because... Because um, we got that, too. We have right. that, too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> okay? And where do we get it from? <laughs> like, the, the, there, was a, there was a thing on Twitter the other the, a while ago. I think we talked about this, too. Or maybe we didn't. Mm -hmm. A while ago. Maybe, like, a couple of months ago. There was a thing on Twitter. This girl was, like, tweeting, Oh, my God. Uh, ah, في Ramadan. This always happens قبل Ramadan. Mm -hmm. Folks start tweeting about how their, you know, housekeepers are leaving. Well, uh, Allah, yeah. Yes, because you break their backs. The <laughs> tweet was, the tweet was, uh, 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 Islam, aslamat, The cue the laugh crying emojis. Cringe. Bitch, that shit is not funny. That's not funny. The Islam Islam If this is your attitude. I just like I'm just so blown away. So agitated. It's so contradictory. How you mean how oh alhamdulillah the khata al-Islam, mashaAllah. But then Umi was like, ha 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 ha, why did you do this? I didn't want to work with people like this. Oh my 
my god. Ah, and this is not the first thing. Like I've heard plenty of people make that argument. أنا لما نجيب شغالة دائرة تكون مسيحية عشان المسلمات ديل تقعد تقول لك الجمعة وما بعرف شنو وهنا وفي رمضان ما تشتغل لك صايمة ولا لا 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 and the same thing but then you turn around and be like مسيحية دائرة تمشي لي الكنيسة ودائرة تقرأ لي الإنجيل حقها ده في البيت وما بعرف شنو ده my God are you really denying people the right to worship yes we are <laughs> just, I mean, I don't know what to say. I'm everybody so is dumb. garbage. Everybody is garbage. <laughs> we all need to do better. <laughs> we all need to all do better. Collectively. Um, anyway. All right. Uh, we are moving on. Oh, my God. We're already like an hour in. I don't think we'll have time to do all of these. Um, we're moving on to some very, very, very heavy Sudani trash. Trigger warning. Yes. We're going to be talking about sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And child marriage. And pedophilia. Jesus Christ. Because that is what I'm going to call it. Because um, that is the reality that we are living in 20 goddamn 18. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've heard, but a Sudanese girl just got a court-ordered divorce because the girl is 11 years of age and she was married to a full-grown man uh, who was was his 50s 40s 40s okay um that's it that's that's all i have to say (laughs) that's 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 like what do you want me to say about this Here's the interesting part. And First this of all, the picture untrue. of her leaving the, the courtroom Court with, I suppose, her lawyer, her lawyer and yeah. her mom or something. That picture I don't think that's her mom. I think that's the heart. social worker. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, that the, the little girl in the picture really she broke my heart. literally <sighs> pigtails. A child. Bandat. Bambia, she is a literal child. Not a child who you can confuse for somebody who hit puberty. A literal child. Here's what I think. I think this 11-year-old is the 11-year-old who was featured in the CNN report about Noura. So Nirmal Baghin did a report about child Mm -hmm. marriage. And in it, she talked about Noura's case. The focus was Nuda's case. Mm-hmm. But then she also talked to a, a different, talked about a different case that SEMA, the organization that was dealing with Nuda's case, was also dealing with. Mm-hmm. And in it, they were talking to this 11-year-old child and her father. And the story was, I think if this is the same, I, I, mean, I think this is the same person, the same mm-hmm. story, the same okay. whatever, family. Right. The 11-year-old said that her father married her off to this man. Mm-hmm. Who already had a first wife. So she was a second wife. What and wife? What what wife? What what how how wife? How? I can't how? I can't. How does this. a child how is an eleven year old anybody's wife? Is obviously a very important question, but mm-hmm. moot in this case because apparently it happened. So I guess that's just a thing that we do. Right. So he she was married off to this man and he was a, a 
incredibly abusive to her physically, obviously, because, um, you know, besides being a pedophile, he was also physically abusive. So he beat her and she went home and her father took her back. Okay. And she told her dad, this is what's happening. Anyway, uh, a couple of times this happened and her father took her back on the third time. The man tied her up, beat her and tied her up. And his first wife was the one to help her escape. Wow. And took her back to her father. And that's when her father realized. Like, he gave away his child. His, his child. A- Child. 11 years old she's in expecting grade. that the marriage would somehow work like how so how the father in the video in the like interview how as a pet i'm so confused okay in the interview Ni'mal Baghir is like mm-hmm. What did you think was going to happen? Mm-hmm. Basically, I thought in he was going to protect her. Protect her from what, though? Why can't you, as her father, protect her, protect her until she's actually of age to give consent to get married? <laughs> And you, as a 40 something year old man, what? I mean, I'm going to say, or even ما فوق الأربعين حتى لو في العشرينات دائرة عرس لو بتعمر 11 سنة ده ما دائرة لأنه سيد بيت ولا whatever this is a pedophile who yes. wants somebody at his disposal طوالي right. who doesn't want to have to deal with the runaround of finding a child and this this bail that ما في ما في أبو ممكن يبيع بيته له mm-hmm. to do whatever he wants with her mm-hmm. why would he go through all that trouble of it this this that's all he wanted her for. He's a pedophile who wanted somebody to rape continuously. Now, here's the worst part of all this. Mm-hmm. If this wasn't bad enough. I don't know, And to be fair, I don't know if this is factual or not. But this is Hazab al-Hayil in the th- in the thread with the picture. Mm-hmm. The only reason that a zawaik da tala'a batil is because there was not a lawyer present. Because okay. any marriage for anybody under thir- the age of 13, I think, or 14, mm-hmm. there needs to be a lawyer present along with Mazun and the parents. <clears throat> and because there was not a lawyer present at this 11-year-old's agid, right. that's why Azawaj Batal and that's why the court declared, uh, you know, I gave her the divorce. Al-Madda Arba'in min al-Qanun al-Shakhsi allows children as young as 10 to be mm-hmm. married off as long as their father deems mm-hmm. that it's in their best interest. Mm-hmm. Bitch, what? <sighs> so my crazy dad 
mm-hmm. can look at my 10-year-old ass and say, you know what? You know it would be right to marry you off to a man mm-hmm. who's three times your age or twice your age. I really don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Because I feel like not having a real clear minimum age for marriage is like in the law. Um, well, let the law tell us the minimum, minimum age is 10. Does it minimum actually say 10? 10? Yeah. Oh my God. The minimum okay, age to get I married have, is I, okay. 10 years old. But up until 10 to 13 or 10 to 14, I don't remember, you have to have a lawyer present. Okay. Because I... Not that what I'm saying even makes sense. Like, I'm telling you this, but it doesn't justify anything. Like, it doesn't make it make sense. No, 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 it doesn't. But my point is, um, in a lot of other countries where child marriage is still like rampant and really a huge problem um people do it in spite of the law because there is a minimum age that's usually older than 10 my god right 10 years of age i cannot believe like even in in yemen i think the legal age is 15 um and it's just that people don't give a shit because what are you gonna do but i feel like just having that in a text of law as legal protection for these girls when they grow like i don't know i i we're trash why what i don't know what to say i really don't know what to say i just i really don't have much to say uh about that because had a lawyer been present then this marriage would be legal yeah. And she wouldn't have gotten a... Okay. I don't know what to yeah. say. I really, I mean, really don't know. I want to say that this is an, an education problem. Like, people... I want to say that, like, people aren't educated and that's why, like, parents do this and whatever. Mm-hmm. But if the law and people who are educated enough to be policymakers or be legal whatever is right if the law says that then what does that mean what does that say about us and how is it 10 years old why is it such a random number because i feel like even in the most like conservative uh islamic teachings it's puberty and so what is 10 yeah what is 10 what is 10 yeah that's a good point Here's the other thing. So obviously the law needs to be changed, right? That goes without mm-hmm. saying. But I would go, I mean, I would say that not only does the law need to be changed, but parents who marry their kids off need to be prosecuted. Mm-hmm. Because you are agree. putting your child in danger. And that mm-hmm. like l- lends itself to a whole discussion that I would like to get into in the future, not today, about mm-hmm. how we don't really have the how like the need for uh, child protective services mm-hmm. in Sudan that we don't have, a need for like a serious and strong uh, social work system. Right. Because we don't really have that. Like SEMA 
is an organization, a nonprofit that works on these cases, but at home. Mm-hmm. They're not government funded. They have nothing to do with the government. And I don't think social work in Sudan is really that strong. Mm-hmm. But it's so necessary because we have right. people marrying their kids off, because we have people abusing their children, because we have a, 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 a justice system that doesn't give a shit about abusers right. and doesn't really. Um, and we have a society that considers that the best way to deal with abuse is to cover it up and not talk mm-hmm. about it. And, and we believe in this false idea that if you just ignore it, the kid is going to forget and it's not going to have any lasting effect on them. But if you talk about it, that's when you create the ugda. When it's right. like you are making this child repress this horrible thing. You're not explaining to them what happened to them. You're not explaining to them why. You're not explaining that this was wrong. And so what do you think when they grow up? How are they going to... They're going to eventually process it in a, in, in a completely skewed way, mm-hmm. if at all. If it doesn't come out... If it's not then repressed and coming out later in their adulthood as something mm-hmm. horrible, as like some monster of a being, if it doesn't even cause, this is assuming that it doesn't actually cause immediate emotional, psychological right. damage that carries over with them for the rest mm-hmm. of their lives. Like, I just, we need to do better. We need to do better. There needs to be child protective services and, and parents need to be prosecuted for putting their kids in at such risk. And even when this, when like the Nuda thing happened, the Nuda case happened and everybody was in my mentions talking about, well, you can't judge her parents because you know, and people, uh, yeah, I mean, maybe or whatever. And this guy was supporting them financially. So you really can't judge. Yes, I can. Yes, I can absolutely judge her parents because I would rather starve and I would rather my kids starve than me to sell my child to somebody. Mm-hmm. Your child is not your property for you to just sell them off to the highest bidder. This whole business of, of uh, I thought I was giving her a better life, but really I just, I need a mahar or al-gurush aghratni. That's not an excuse. No. Your kid I, is Bani Adam. Like, are you kidding me? I just, I, I just, yeah, I mean, no, like, no, no. Absolutely. But also, how, how are you going to prosecute the parents if it is legal, legal. to yeah. give your child off to marriage at age Which is 10? why we need to change the law. Which is why the law needs to be changed. And, and the law is not going to change because people don't give a shit. Because the people who make the law are not affected by this. Right. Because they don't see the problem of an 11-year-old being a wife to a, right. anybody. Even if it was even if it was another eleven year old, what are eleven year olds have, have no business getting married? Like, bottom line, she can barely read. Why? What is she getting married for? I don't understand. Anyway, my head. Moving on to even worse chat. Oh, even sad. Oh my God. Okay. I'm going to let you do this because I have not seen that video because I refuse to see that video. Last week, Mm -hmm. a video surfaced on uh, the Twitters. I'm sure it was everywhere else, but I saw it on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Of uh, what appeared to be surveillance footage from uh, like a surveillance camera. 
pointing to a shadow and in a shadow is a young lady walking um, and a man on a motorcycle stops and he stops her and pulls out a knife and then proceeds to take her over to a, a corner an exposed corner I must say but a corner nonetheless and um, rapes her in the street okay and then uh, the lady then or the young woman uh, fixes her clothes and keeps walking and the man fixes himself and gets on his motorcycle and drives off mm-hmm now um, there were a lot of a lot of uh, things about this video mm-hmm so in the video at the end you can see you can hear the person taking the video of the video <laughs> being like Shaifin Shaifin Al-Baladdi blah 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 wait so it was a person it was a person taking video of the surveillance footage Oh, okay. That's got what it. it was. Yeah, that's what everybody saw. Okay, okay. Now, the, you know, people were shocked and outraged, understandably. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there were a lot of different reactions. There were people who were like, what the fuck is this? Like, how is this happening? Um, you know, people aren't safe. Oh, my God. My favorite people always are the people who are in denial, who are like, no, this did not happen. Right. Not in my then country. Then there were people who were saying that this was staged, mm-hmm. um, that the that there was an agreement, Benatum, and at one point uh, he gives her money. So it looks like, you know, they had an agreement already and they decided mm-hmm. to meet here in this exposed place in the middle of the street to mm-hmm. do this um, then there were people who were saying that it wasn't rape because she didn't react she just kept walking so A she must have had an agreement with him or B she must have liked it mm-hmm. and that's why you know, if it was rape, she would have fought him off. That wouldn't have been me. That would have never been me. I would have fought him off. I would have screamed bloody murder. I would have, right. I would have, I would have. Right, right. And finally, there's the uh, night of the group of people who are saying that this didn't even happen for Sudan. This happened in al Marshal for Salman. Right. People are so dumb. <laughs> that is so dumb. And people were like sending screenshots from YouTube yeah. with the video now, and like the date the and stuff. I'm like, send a link. Do you have a the link? The person no? who okay. sent the screenshot. No, but the person who sent this, who who put the screenshot on Twitter, is the same person who did the Photoshop. And so the girl was like, this girl called him out. She was like, so you did you Photoshop? This is obviously Photoshop. What do you gain from this? Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to. I want to. I, I did this because I want people to not be distracted by this story and remember that Aisha began big So 
So he admits to photoshopping, and this is his argument, which a lot of other people are making. Okay, yes, this is terrible. This is a terrible thing that happened. But don't let it distract you from Aisha Bigad Bignihan. This was staged. The government is trying to distract you with Aisha Bigad Bignihan by sending you this video. And of course, you all fell for it, you dumb bastards. You all watched this terrible video and look at you all outraged. How dare you be outraged about a girl getting raped in broad daylight when Aisha Bigad Bignihan? How dare we indeed? Fallen, fallen. How dare we? <sighs> okay. So since I have not watched the video, I don't have any thoughts on the actual video. I don't know what happens in the video. I like. I. I just. I don't want to see it. But from what I've seen, from people's reactions, I just want to know why are we so eager to defend abuser like why i'm so confused why is it always i'm just, i don't know please tell me more but like i don't know what to say it's just it's just like this idea that these are two separate things is what blows my mind like that's I'm insane a week a week into it a week and a half into it and i'm still blown away by people people's ability to compartmentalize and call out compartmentalizing in the same breath. You saying that this video is a distraction from Hal al balad is you compartmentalizing and considering that this video is not also a statement about Hal al balad Exactly. That's crazy. Like, And I just don't understand. And what the only thing, the only... Yani, logical explanation that I can come up with is that people don't give a shit about women and they don't give a shit about women's safety and this does not affect you you are not you are not um, faced with the very real risk and danger of being raped in the street and mm -hmm. that's why you think that these are two separate things mm -hmm. like this like the woman in that video doesn't also have to worry about an Aisha big big name right like she's getting bread for free Right. Like the like, men who like the her. women in Sudan in general don't have to worry about feeding their kids and not being right. and you know not subjected being to violence. Assaulted like what are you in broad daylight and then being judged for it. That's the other thing right. that really upset me. Like I don't really want to talk too much about people's political like making this into a political thing and whatever mm -hmm. because it is a political thing. Mm -hmm. The lack of law and order is a political thing. Right. The danger of being raped in the street and nothing happening and nobody helping you is a political right. thing. Mm -hmm. Al-Aisha is a political thing and everybody, man or woman, has to deal with that. Right. The thing that you don't have to deal with as a man is being raped in the street. That's what you don't have to deal with and that's why you don't see that as political. Here's the other thing. The other thing that really upsets me and is an is a absolute, uh, like, it just further condemns our society Mm -hmm. is that folks really can't fathom that people can have different reactions mm -hmm. to the same incident. Oh, You heard not fighting God. back is in no way an indication of whether or not she was raped. It's just no, not. It's not. Because to be honest with you, with all of the big talk I have and all this energy I have and all this dragging I do, if I was in her situation, I'm not sure I would fight back. I'm not sure of, in fact, I'm not sure of what I would do. I'm not sure what reaction I would have because I've never been in that situation.
But I can imagine being so terrified that I would I would just go numb. And like somebody in my mentions told like said, there is such a thing as uh shit, I can't remember the term anymore. Um basically of you dissociating. You having right, an out-of-body right, experience right, 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 in a situation yes. of grave danger yes, or terrible terror. Yes, ma'am. You completely dissociating and going limp and going numb is a real thing that happens. So people being like, oh, she didn't fight back. That means she wanted it. Or she didn't fight back. That means it's not rape. Or she didn't fight back. That means blah, blah, that blah. Is, is bullshit. So... Um, I don't know if I talked about it here before, but uh, one of my friends is a, I always forget what you call them in English, but in French, it's psychocriminologue. She's like one of them criminal minds people. Yes, but more on the like psychology side. Okay. Um, So a huge part of her job was to talk to people who testify in court like Sorry, either the I just defend- realized that we didn't translate what that is so it's a criminal psychologist oh sorry yeah that's the like the literal exactly. translation yeah um what was i saying and so a huge part she of her job to- was mm-hmm. to talk to and like interview people before they go and testify in court and so mm-hmm. a lot of the people she would have to talk to were rape victims and she would have to like um kind of um evaluate their psychological state before they went to testify and whatever and she has the craziest stories about women who either dissociate or um they come up with like the most creative coping techniques or whatever because in that moment they did not want to die and that's pretty much it and your right. body does whatever the fuck your body needs to do because you do not want to die. Because your instinct to, of survival, your like animal need for survival kicks in. Mm-hmm. And if that means going limp and letting him do whatever he needs to do mm-hmm. for you to get out of that situation mm-hmm. alive, then that's what your body needs to do. And not just that. She, she told me um, about this case she was working on and um, it was in Paris and the girl was like walking to her building and then the guy followed her um, into her elevator and like the Lala Sikin and in that moment she was like okay I'm either gonna die or I'm gonna find a way to survive and her right. way to survive was to actually talk to the guy um, even do- though he did end up raping her, but she was talking to him the whole time to kind of calm him down oh because God. she did not want him to stab her. Like, how is that? Which how do you not understand? I am my next so point of people, tired of people being so bold and so loud on Twitter talking about, he would have just had to stab me. He would have just, I mean, I would have just been stabbed. He, I would rather be stabbed than be raped. What? That is the Do you dumbest know what thing I have Either ever of those heard. things are for you to even say that. to react this way. Also, what do you mean? Like, this is a woman. Do you know her life? Maybe she has kids. Like, what is. What, what is Maybe your, she. Exactly. Like, maybe she has kids. Maybe she's been through this before, which a lot of people were saying. Right. Like, Maybe right. she's been through a similar experience yes. or several, and this is why she's reacting this way. 
because this is just the way that Khalas, that like she's been desensitized. Mm-hmm. That this is what she expects now because she's psychologically and emotionally traumatized. Like there are so many reasons why a person reacts the way that they do. Anyway, turns out a lot of people were coming out. I mean, so to to refute this idea of and cut it once and for all, a bunch mm-hmm. of people actually drove to the Hinaif and Mashiach, to the neighborhood, mm-hmm. to the street, to the place where it happened, mm-hmm. being like, I know. Andale, you are yeah, a Leave them alone. Leave them alone. We really got to talk about Somali too. Like, alone. Somali Twitter was on us about that. And it's just no kidding, as they should be. What, like, yeah. what is this? It's not necessary. Deal with your own trash. You don't need to be in denial about this. So that's the thing. So people were like, let's just put this to rest. Like, this is where it happened, blah, blah, blah. And then people in the neighborhood started talking about the case. Like, in Zol Da, Zol Ma'roof. Like he's been terrorizing basically a Hilda oh. on his motorcycle, that he robbed a girl of her oh purse God. in her car, that you know he's been whatever. Like th- there have been incidents involving the same person, and mm-hmm. uh, people were talking about how uh, one person was saying that there was a housekeeper that heard her mm-hmm. scream because we don't. He, there's no audio, right? So everybody assumed that she didn't scream, she didn't say anything. But apparently, she did, allegedly. She did mm-hmm. scream, but nobody came out because they were afraid of of, of getting involved. Oh. And because he was armed, and because he was known by Nasir Hilla as being a person who was armed and terrorizing oh this God. neighborhood. So I don't I honestly I know this sounds horrible but I can't blame Nasir Hilla for not reacting if they knew that this guy was like causing trouble already. Right. Um who I do blame however is the entire go- just the entire authority figure like every, every, just yes, everyone up there every single everybody. person everybody because, who allows this to happen by right, policy right. by a turning a blind eye by right. vic- vilifying uh, victims and uh, not, uh, not believing them by our society that you know like our I also blame our society for finding every excuse in the book to make her a Zola Ghalat and not the person right. who actually did this to her. And I'm just like, and again, the people will, will want to bring up like, well, you know, I don't think it's so far-fetched that they had an agreement because so, oh you know, God, people are so folks got to do what they got to do. So, are you so, stupid? So if they had an agreement, you don't think they would have found a more secluded place? The, in the middle of the so goddamn street? fucking... D- but people were, like... I don't know if people were being, like, intentionally dense about this whole thing, but I also read someone who was like, um, oh, this is obviously staged because the camera was recording, like, from way before they got into the frame. Sir, d- yes, just exit. Please exit. <laughs> exit stage left, please. We, we don't need you in this conversation. You're just adding... <sighs> what is... Why are you so stupid? Anyway, I just, um, and I don't, and this is all like boils down to this, bardo, this thing that we have of like, right? I've seen those as well. Oh, mm-hmm. which leads me to my final point about this story. Okay. So you know, a lot of people have been making the very valid argument. Let me just say that now, it's mm-hmm. a very valid counter argument. Well, this kind of stuff has been happening all over Sudan for years. True. 
by the police, by the government, by Jesh, by blah, blah, blah. True. And nobody cares. Facts. Absolute fact. But you bringing it up is, is gaslighting. Right. Let me tell you why. Because it does not change the fact that this happened. Right. You saying, well, this has been happening all over the planet. Just says, why do you care? Right. Because it's happening all over the planet. No, we should be caring about it happening all over the planet, including here. Yes. Mm-hmm. Here's the other thing. Uh, a lot of people are also saying, Nasa Khartoum, all they care about is things happening for Khartoum. You guys only notice and only have an, are, are only outraged when things happen for Khartoum. But that's because the, that's the only information that we have access to. One. Two, you're absolutely right. We are, as a nation, are trash, especially people from Al Khartoum, mm-hmm. are trash for only caring about things that happen for Khartoum. That is true. However, you cannot expect a person who lives for Khartoum not to care about things that are happening for Khartoum. Mm-hmm. It is only natural for people to care about what's happening in their neighborhood. Right, what hits home. It doesn't excuse them not caring about what's happening in other parts of the country. Right. But you saying that it's stupid for them to care about it is stupid. Because of course they're going to care about what happens in their neighborhood. Of course they're going to care about what happens in their city because they see it. It's right in front of them. They cannot avoid it like they can avoid what's happening in Bagil Right. And neither of these things change the fact that all of this is wrong. That all of this shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, this is such a stupid argument to make in the first place. You can raise awareness about what's happening in Bagil Balad without undermining this case that's just what it looks like that's what it looks like i understand where it's coming from it's coming from a real frustration that people have that like women have been violated all over this country and we're, nobody hears about it women are being violated continuously by authorities and by citizens and right. nobody cares about it you're mm-hmm. right that is outrageous and that's something that we should all be absolutely enraged about but you bringing it up only when something like this happens and something so visual and so clear like, like you said, happens it's just gaslighting. Is gaslighting. That That's is the exactly only way that people are going to take it. Yeah. How about keep the same energy to talk about those things all the time? Right. There was a thread that came out on, um, a, a couple of days or maybe the day after this incident happened, mm-hmm. outlining some of the atrocities that happened to women for other parts of the country mm-hmm. and it was a very well put together thread it was mm-hmm. actually absolutely horrible and it was absolutely heartbreaking but it hit home and people paid attention to it because it wasn't uh, dismissing this one right it was saying this is terrible mm-hmm. and this also happens hino 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 right that's how we should be approaching this not why do you care about this only? This is happening for Hittat Dani. No. Anyway, long story short, please stop. Um, please stop. Dis- just please stop everything, all of it. <laughs> please stop dismissing and undermining the real threat of physical, sexual, emotional violence that women go through on a daily basis that has everything to do with the physical emotional psychological trauma that we go through as a nation as a, as a result of the the hala that al balad is in as a result right. of the way that the balad is being governed right. they are not two separate things 
they do not it is not a distraction it's not a distraction they are all part of the same problem and, and from the same root cause mm-hmm. okay and on that note I don't want to talk about anything else okay because okay I feel like you deserve a serious ma'am I don't have one <laughs> All right, I have two yes ma'ams. Excellent. Uh-huh. I have two yes ma'ams. Um, let me start with, okay. My first yes ma'am goes to a young lady by the name of Mawadda Suleiman. Okay. Um, I'm not sure what she does in her life full time, but she has made these little illustrations that she posts on her Facebook oh. um, where she draws uh different types of uh sudanese men basically right and i just found it so uncanny <laughs> yeah like, she's kind of amazing really entertaining so yes ma'am to her absolutely and also yeah. support the arts we'll we'll share her thingy yes we will and we tweet this out my second is ma'am, since we dragged France for a good mm-hmm. 70% of this episode, is going to a French person. Okay. Uh, my second yes ma'am is Assa Traoré. Uh, she's the sister of Adama Traoré. I don't know if we talked about him. Uh, I can't remember if we talked about him on this uh, podcast, but he's the young man who was killed um, in July 2016, yes, while he was in police custody. Yeah, we did talk about that. He died of asphyxiation um, while he was laying flat on his face and his hands were handcuffed behind his back Um, and nothing happened. Besides, nobody was. Um, no, nobody was prosecuted. The only thing that has changed since 2016 is that two of um, their siblings, so Adama and Asa's siblings, uh, were arrested and are currently incarcerated. One of them for. I think threatening to commit violent acts against the police. There was something like really um what is it called? Il est aussi poursuivi pour tentative d'assassinat sur les forces de l'ordre suite aux émeutes déclenchées par le décès d'Adama en juillet 2016. And the other one is En prison pour violence, en... whatever. So two more of her siblings are and I. And Mohim, that's not my point. She is my yes, ma'am, because um, since the tragic death of her brother, she has been tirelessly um, organizing, um, doing talks, trying to educate people about police violence and the importance of accountability. She has written a book. She's really spearheading this movement wow. 
um, to just acknowledge that there is a problem with police brutality in France. Um, and so she is my yes ma'am and I salute her because Good these her. racists will not leave her alone. And I just, yeah. I need everyone to just take a seat. So there's that. Protect her at all costs. Yes. That's great. She's yeah. so precious. Um, yeah. Uh, so these were my two yes ma'ams. If you have any yes or yes ma'ams that you want to shout out, people that represent Sudanese excellence for you, mm. then let us know. Please. You can send them to us. You can DM them to us. You can yes. email them to us, whatever. Uh, also, if you have any topics that you want us to drag people, things, countries, <laughs> let us know mm-hmm. uh, at Podcast or with the hashtag NSNM. Right. Let's move on to emails. We have an email this week or okay. this episode. I was, I was wondering if we were still going to do that or if you forgot. We are. I almost well, I think we then. should. Yeah. I think we should because... Let's try to do it, like, n- no more than, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that either. Let's see. Okay. Uh, shall I read it or do you want to read it? Uh, you can read it. Okay. My... Go for it. All right. So this person says, uh, hey, Sarah and Sarah. Mm-hmm. Um Note, both of our names are spelled without an H for future reference. <laughs> You're so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I, just, I just can't. I can't. Uh, okay. So, um, love listening to your podcast as you mirror my thoughts and I learn new things from you. Yay. Love it. Thank you. Thanks, girl. Okay. So, I'm 28 and UK-based. Mm-hmm. I was working as a presenter slash producer for a local TV channel and I Work. loved it. Although it was stressful, anxiety-ridden, and disorganized, that was what we had to put up with in order to get our foot on the ladder in such a difficult industry. Mm-hmm. I was there a few months short of four years. It took its toll and was an immensely steep learning curve. Mm-hmm. I decided to leave because I believed I had learned as much as I could in my position. Now that I've left and had a break, it seems like I'm not quite ready to go back into it. I don't know why, and I'm worried I'm losing my fire forever, or maybe this is just short-term, I'm not sure. It's been six months now since I've left the industry, and I miss presenting slash producing a lot. Perhaps I'm not ready to fight to get back into the industry because I'm not sure exactly what it is I want to produce and what my brand identity is as a presenter. I'm currently freelancing as an extra, and I work as part of a team delivering core subjects throughout UK schools. Freelancing life can get quiet, so I'm working on finding... More work to use up my time. Uh, so essentially, I'm feeling a little lost because I've always been the one to be doing a thousand things at once, taking on okay. um, extra work for my job at uni. I was blah, 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 blah. Now it seems God has forced me to slow down. And I don't know why. Would be wonderful to get your take on this if possible. Thank you. Also, okay. quick question for you both. How did you learn to be so discerning in the sense that you seem to see past the facade of lies and bullshit and culture, etc.? For many people, we My are mom. very affected. <laughs> that's, answer. that's all I have to say. For many people, we are very affected by the culture that we are born into, by the conditioning of society. So, in other words, how did you manage to develop your sense of independent thinking? Okay, I like that question. Okay. All right, let's start with uh, the bulk of her thing, which I'm <laughs> assuming from what she says is mm-hmm. that basically she really enjoys producing and, and, and TV presenting and stuff, mm-hmm. but is weary about getting back into the industry because she doesn't know what direction she wants but, to take. 
and okay. also doesn't necessarily want to deal with the uh, grueling politics slash uh, whatever stressful uh, rat race of it all. Okay, that's what I understood. All right. <laughs> Any thoughts? So, what it seems to me, uh, Miss Ma'am, is that you have been working in such a fast-paced, like cutthroat, really dynamic environment for a pretty long time. And you were so used to just being in that spiral. And now that you're out of it, you feel like everything is too slow. And does that mean that you lost your fire? No, I think this um, downtime can actually be a great opportunity for you to figure out what you really want to do. Do you actually right. miss um, being a presenter and a producer? Or do you just miss that lifestyle because you were just busy all the time? Um, right. What specifically do you miss about it? What are the areas that you actually enjoyed while you were working there? What other things would you um, have changed or whatever? I think this is just a really good time for you to sit down with yourself and kind of figure out where you want to go from that. I think you shouldn't be too worried about um, the fact that this is the first time in your life that you're slowing down. Um, I think it's normal that it feels weird just because like your life was so hectic before, but just try to look at it as, um, something positive, like as, you know, the time you right. will take to really figure what you want to do. What do you think, Sada, without an I... H? agree with everything you said mm -hmm. but I would also like to add that if you feel like you don't know what direction you want to take or you know what like you say what your brand is as a presenter or whatever uh, I really recommend using like new media as a way to explore that mm -hmm. like even if you don't how do I put this? Even if you don't necessarily like post your stuff, but like things like oh, YouTube yeah. and, and, you know, even to a certain extent, like Insta story or whatever, or Facebook mm -hmm. live or whatever, those are also, they're all really good ways That's of really good. doing what you want to do and like producing the content that you want right. while also not feeling like one constrained within the industry of like what's appropriate and what's supposed to be mm -hmm. done and what isn't and who's interested in this and who isn't you get right. to do what exactly what you want to do mm -hmm. and it helps you build your skill and it helps you figure out well what kind of things am i interested in mm -hmm. and what kind of things are, are people interested in because sometimes uh like industries like tv and whatever i feel still have a sense of like conventionality like a little bit traditional and conventional in what they choose to produce and what they choose to put out there and not necessarily thinking out of the box, like very much in the box. Mm -hmm. And these sorts of platforms can give you the space to explore what people are getting interested in that maybe right. your bosses or your producers, you know, managers or whatever are not picking up on. Mm -hmm. And then that way, even if you were to, to pitch as a, as a freelancer, you would have that edge of like, this is what people are into. This is right. what I'm willing to this give you. This is what's content. actually relevant. Right. Mm -hmm. And you can use that stuff. You can use like YouTube and those platforms as a way to keep your 
edge, like to keep yourself sharp mm-hmm. and to keep your skill together while you figure out if you want to get back in the industry or if you, you know, what exactly you want to do within the industry. Right. So that's my advice to you. Okay. Good luck. Sounds and like... I hope everything works out. Here's, okay. uh, as for your second question about how did we get so, how do we develop our sense of independent thinking? Sada, how did you do that? I have no idea. That's not something I think about consciously. Like, that's right. not something I'm aware of. Like, oh, I'm an independent. Like, what is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just that I, um, I have, like, really strong opinions about stuff and, like, really right. deeply rooted convictions and stuff. Um, and every once in a while, I'll try to challenge uh, these opinions by, like, reading something completely like out of my comfort zone or like talking mm. to people whom I know think very differently and like debate stuff with I don't know just like random shit like that um right but it's it's really not something that I'm aware of at all and I don't know I think like I said honestly like I don't know I think a huge part of it just comes from like my upbringing, I think, that my parents did a really decent job. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't know. Like, you know when you're a kid and you say some, like, really ignorant shit and, like, half the parents in the world don't even check their, their children? Um, right. Well, not in my house. <laughs> so there was that. <laughs> my parents checked me a lot on, like, really stupid shit that I said yeah. or, like, yeah. things that I just picked up and believed or whatever. Um, so there's also that, like, good parenting. I don't know what yeah. else to say. I definitely think that my dad uh, is the person that... Uh, instilled slash developed that in me mm-hmm. of like me saying something and being like like you said like that's dumb right let me tell you why that's dumb mm-hmm. so you know <laughs> I've been dragged a lot <laughs> over the course of my life right um, and that makes me like question a lot of things also my dad is just very much a person who loves to flip things on their head and like mm-hmm. question everything even right. in the stuff he he believes like mm-hmm. just for fun he'll just be like but what about this and I'm like damn what about that? Um, there's that. I think also the fact that I grew up uh, in different places, like being a third culture kid, I think really helps you to oh, not yeah, take definitely. your culture so seriously, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to culture. Like it helps you look at your culture through a different lens, like from the right. outside in right? And, and, and have that critical view of it. Mm-hmm. And also it doesn't make you so attached to it that for the most part, I mean, for me, let me just mm-hmm. say that for me, makes you you know you're so like blended with other things and you have so many other influences that you your your mother culture or your main culture Mm -hmm. is never you're never so attached to it that you don't see the fault in it right refuse to see the fault in it and also you just live and see um that some people have different cultures and different beliefs Um, And when you grow up seeing that, you're just like, oh, okay, then I guess, you know, not everyone does it like we do. Exactly. Like, it's just a thing that happens and you're like, oh, well, all right. I think that's the problem with a lot of, uh, like, a lot of our societal 
issues come from the fact that we don't see like diversity in the way that people live mm-hmm. and the way that people think. And so right. we just take things as fact and we shun everything that's different. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a, when you're in an environment where everybody is different from you, you can't you don't have that luxury of being exactly. like I'm right and everybody's wrong. You don't have that privilege, yeah. Right. That is so true. So that's what that is. Uh, I hope that answers your question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy getting listener questions. So, you know, don't be afraid to send your favorite aunties anything. If it's right. a question about us, it's a question about you, it's mm-hmm. a question about anything, let us know. You can email us. It's there. <laughs> and Right there. We tell you every time. Every every episode. <laughs> um, and, and that's uh, it for yeah. us. Yeah, I'm done. Ftiket kifaya. Yeah, All right, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah.